Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Since the day she gave me that coveted final rose, my wife, Trista Sutter, has made me a better person. If she can get me to know better, to do better, and to just all around be better, then I'm sure she can do it for you too. You're listening to Better Etc. with my wife and your host, Trista Sutter. Hey everybody, this is Trista and you are listening to episode 32 of the Better Etc. podcast. Welcome, welcome. Today's conversation is one that I am very proud of. Rachel Wright is a psychotherapist, and she actually reached out on Instagram. I think I reached out to her. But nonetheless, we have a great conversation today about something that I think needs to be talked about more, and that's sex. She is recognized as one of the freshest voices on modern relationships and sex, and we talk all about kind of the basics and what you didn't learn at least on the surface, (laughs) in school when you were taught sex ed back in the day. She actually created a course, a virtual course, or a workshop series that is called What You Wish You Learned in School, Sex Ed. And so I wanted to touch on that. We also, you know, I share some personal things. I also uh, ask her about consent and the definition for that because I think that's so important. And holy cow, she drops a bomb about consent and how many states require it in sex ed. It will shock you. I want you to throw out a guess and just put it in your mind. Keep it in a little bowl in your mind. And when we talk about it, your mind is going to be blown. I mean, consent, that seems like it should be in every conversation when it comes to sex ed, right? Anyway, we talk mostly about the importance of communication And she kind of sets a guideline for that, kind of gives you a script, if you will, of how to approach that. And I think it's really important. I think the open lines of communication with your partner, with whomever you're in a romantic relationship with, but also with your kids as a parent is so important. So I'm really proud of this conversation. And I'm really thankful to Rachel for getting out there and having what might be considered uncomfortable conversations because it's not really something that I feel like a lot of people talk about, or I guess dependent on how they grew up or how they were taught to talk about it, or if at all. Anyway, thank you, Rachel. She made me feel calm. And it was a great, great conversation that we could have had, as she mentioned, for 32 more hours. (laughs) She's a great coach. She's an educator. She's a therapist. And a health and relationship expert. And I'm just so thankful 
for her time. And I hope you enjoy our conversation. Now, in terms of Trista's takes, I wanted to address the post that I recently made. Uh, It's a picture of my kids from their last day of school. Yes, they're getting bigger. I can't take it. And they were very tired, um, but it kind of shows shows their cute little relationship with Blakesley kind of hanging on him. She adores him if she ever is given the time to hang out with him because, you know, he's a big older brother who has more important things to do, like hockey, than go into the skate park with his friends, as, as he should. It's okay. All is well. In, in the Sutter world, including in her marriage, everything is good. So I don't want anyone out there to be starting any rumors or thinking that that things are rocky in our relationship or with our family. We're in a good place. Obviously, things are kind of tough right now because even though we did find an answer, which is a big relief, it's going to be a road, you know, and I don't know that it's going to be 100 percent easy. There are going to be some cobblestones and some potholes and just finding the particular treatment that helps him is going to be a process we're hearing. So anyway, there's that. So on the heels of that, we came back from Charleston. We went to Charleston as a family for a hockey tournament for Max and made it a vacation and had a great time. And then, of course, you return from vacation and you need another vacation on top of your vacation because all your responsibilities are just screaming at you to get done. Like, I just had to get all the things done. I mean, even just cleaning the house, our dog is shedding, and ugh, her fur is everywhere. No matter how often you vacuum or pick it up, there's a million more pieces. She's got, you know, this white kind of golden fur. So uh, it's everywhere. So anyway, I wanted to start this off. Um, we'll start this off. I'm kind of midway through, I guess now, but kind of start this off in saying this is not a pity party. I am only sharing, whether it was on Instagram or here, in order to just share my truth. And if you guys relate to it, great. If you if you don't, no worries either. I'm glad that you have a happy life. And I really would love to be you and not have to deal with the demons. I just, it's been a week. And coming back from vacation and having all those responsibilities and kind of the overwhelm of that. And then I got some bad news. And I'll share more at a later date about it because I'm not at liberty to discuss right now. Like I said, it's nothing to do with my marriage, nothing to do with my children. It's all good. But it just made me question my value. And I was in a way told that I wasn't enough. And I struggle with that normally anyway, (laughs) whether or not I'm good enough. And that's kind of a personal problem. I'm sensitive. And I know that's something I've needed to work on. I mean, I talked to Erin Trelore about it a lot when she was on my podcast. She's super helpful and and Kelly Wolf and really any life coach. And I've had a lot of them on sharing kind of how to deal with those demons and that negative self-conversation. And I'm obviously not doing a great job at it. <laughs> it's just been a week where I have felt like I'm not enough in relation to kind of this bad news. And then we attended a memorial service or celebration of life for a friend of ours from Vail. His name is Jeff Brouch. And I wish we had been closer because 
everyone who got up on that stage and talked about him just seemed like he would be someone we would have wanted to hang out with more. But there were, I don't know, about 10 people, 15 people who went on stage and and said the most incredible things about who he was as a person, even who he was as a prankster. His kids just tore my heart out, just saying all these lovely things about their dad and funny things. And it just made me question my life and what people would say about me. And I'm just having one of those weeks, one of those, one of those weeks where I just don't know that I stack up. I just don't know that I feel good enough. I feel like it's fairly common. Um, so I'm sure many of you out there can relate to me. Sorry, trying to be not emotional. And I also, you know, there were all these people getting up on stage talking about their their friendships, their family friendships, their their trips that they've gone on and and how their family's connected and their kids feel like cousins and oh I've always wanted that. You know, I'm I was raised an only child. I have a stepsister and I have a half sister that I met later in life. And so I didn't have siblings. I was blessed with siblings from across the street who became my neighbor family, <laughs> my namely, if you will, and love them dearly. And all the people on my cul-de-sac that I grew up with. And I, so I kind of, I had that in the back of my mind that I, I wanted that for my kids when I grew up. And we just live in this small mountain town, which I adore. I love our town. I love our community. But we just haven't found that as a family. Like we don't have uh, other families that are just like, let's go on vacation together. Let's take this trip or where I just show up and have a glass of wine or they show up on my doorstep and we watch a show. I don't know. I just, I crave that. I crave that for our family. I crave my kids to have cousins that aren't real cousins. You know what I mean? And I am blessed with beautiful friendships. You know who you are. And I'm so thankful for you. Just listening to uh, these people talk at the memorial service or the celebration of life, if you will, it just got me thinking. And I know that there are so many people who are going through really, really difficult times and things that I can't even fathom being put through. I mean, looking back at my podcasts and Elizabeth Frazier, who is a survivor of sex trafficking, Robin Warner, who was assaulted, uh, sexually assaulted. And oh gosh, I mean, there are so many people, even personal friends of mine who are going through horrible things right now. And so why me? Why should I complain? I have a beautiful life. I, I have an incredible husband. I have wonderful children. I have a roof over my head and water to drink and food to eat and clothes on my back. I get it. I know I need to just remember all that. I do. I know I do, but it's just been a week. So anyway, that's my truth. And I should say thank you to all those out there who DM me, who comment, who, who text me, who call even if I haven't talked to you in a year, I, I value your support and your love. And I'm so grateful for that. It's just a, 
like I said, it's just been a week. Hopefully it will get better. I have hope that it will get better. And I know that I am just lucky to be on this earth, taking the breaths that I do and living the life that I do. So I know that. Anyway, oh yeah, yeah, it's my truth. There we go. <laughs> Said, done, moving on. So this conversation with Rachel, I'm really proud of it. I hope you continue to listen and I hope you share it with friends and family because I, I do think it's very important. Maybe listen first before you share it. But, um, but before we get started, I'd love to tell you all about our incredible sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed so you don't have to download the new Bumble now. Thanks so much for being here, Rachel. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. You know, I try to be as much of an open book as possible. And as I have explained to you, it's getting harder and harder with teenage children or tween teenage children, especially because I don't know if their little friends or themselves are listening to the podcast or my conversations or, or looking on social or all of those things. I mean, some of my kids' friends follow me and I follow them. And so... It's getting harder, but I think this is such an important topic because sex is such an important part of any relationship. I was listening, I was doing my research and listening to some of your interviews and stuff. I know your your thing is, you know, everything is a relationship, whether it's with your parents or with your kids or it's all relationships, right? So yeah. When it comes to, I guess, your partnership, your spousal relationship, you know, something along those lines, the I think it's, ones. yeah, ex romantic relationships. Thank you. See, that's I why you're you. the expert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got <gotcha. laughs> So anyway, I figured why not cover the basics that, you know, I know you do a whole course about it because there is a lot that. I don't think that I learned back in the day. I mean, my mom handed me a book, you know? I mean, my mom, my mom was incredible and took me to a private mommy and me sex ed class. Wow. And I still did not learn what the clitoris was. Yeah. Sex for pleasure. Any of that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, it was all don't do this to do this. Don't get this. Don't have this happen. Here's how you can prevent this. It yeah. was never here's when it's positive and yeah. here's how you can enjoy it. And here's what may hinder that enjoyment. Right. Like none of that, not even as an adult in school. Yeah. Like right. even in college, the human sexuality class was like theoretical as though we were not living in sexually <laughs> hormonal bodies like right you experience the feeling it's like no we're in it we're in college we're doing <laughs> yeah. it right now <laughs> totally yeah and I want to say like nothing against um what my mom did I think that she did what was the norm and she actually also I've shared about this in my book not necessarily on my podcast but she went through a date rape experience. And so 
sex to her, it was a difficult topic for her. I'm sure. Involved in the religion that she grew up with and and all of that and wanting to keep me safe and having that be the priority and and that. But I will say with my kids, it was a difficult conversation to have. I've had the talk with them. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm like, go have sex, you know, when you're ready. I'm yes. definitely not like that. You know, no. We're, we continue to say like, you're not dating until you're 30, you know. <laughs> but I, we have talked about the fact that it can be a pleasurable experience. And that's the beauty of a sexual relationship with the person you love most in the world. You know, it's a beautiful thing. So anyway, okay, there's my whole spiel. So I'd love for you to tell all of my listeners and me too, some of the basics that you go over in your class and what a lot of us, probably most of us did not learn in sex ed or through our parents. Oh my gosh. Well, we could stay here for like 32 hours. (laughs) which would be a very fun 32 hours, let me tell you. I'm but it'd sure. be very long. So I will do my best to, to bullet it out. You know, some of the biggest things, you, you named them. We don't learn what sex actually is. We learn what penetrative intercourse is. Mm-hmm. And then we call it sex. We don't actually learn how we use the word sex right. in our culture, right? So I define sex as a meaningful experience of pleasure. That's a great definition. Thank you. Yeah. This though then takes our social construct idea of virginity in Mm -hmm. quotes and tosses it out the window. Because if sex is simply a meaningful experience of pleasure, you may have that when you're 13 and get a kiss on the cheek from a person that you like. Right. Right. And in no way am I saying like that's sex and let's start calling that sex. Right. No, no. But to that person, that is a meaningful sexual experience. It Mm -hmm. it lights up those hormones in them. Um, So first, just simply the definition and identifying that not all sex is physically a male penis entering a female vagina. Right. Um, Because it really pushes on so many heteronormative ideas. And any child who hears that, who is having desires that is not that, feels then ostracized and weird, and they start to feel like outside the norm from the beginning. Yeah. So using the more inclusive definitions and language, it just helps everybody feel accepted and yummy. And that's what we want. Yeah. The other thing that we don't go over is the human body. Right. So I didn't know this until grad school. I don't know if you know this. Did you know that the, the male reproductive system and the female reproductive system look exactly the same until like the very end of development? I did learn that as a math in my master's degree, but I know that that's something go. that not a lot of people know until you're getting a master's or a... Right. Yeah. I was in my master's program too. Yeah. So it was like after school and not many people even go to school after college, like so this idea that where our bodies are also different and, yeah. and you know, um, quote unquote, female bodies are so complicated, but men are so simple. That is all antiquated, like Bubby Micey myth stuff. Mm-hmm. It's we all have the same parts. They just look different. Yeah. Um, so that's another one that we can talk about. The sexual response cycle is another one. The whole idea that we need, that we experience different types of desire. 
So some of us can spontaneously be activated. Like we're talking and all of a sudden it's like, I want to go masturbate. Like, like like lightning struck, right? Like it was that random. For most cis females, meaning born at birth female, they experience what is called responsive desire. Okay. And that is when somebody starts rubbing your shoulders, Mm. kissing your neck. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I, okay. I could go for some snuggling. Oh, now I could go for some of this. Yeah. Most of us confuse desire and libido, which is Mm. our sex drive. Mm -hmm. And so often those of us who have more responsive desire will say, I have low libido because we're not being hit by those structs of lightning. Yeah. And that's not the case. case. No, all it is, is that we need someone to say, Hey, remember you like sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. That's it. Oh my gosh. And so, so many couples that I'll work with will come in and they will write on their intake form. We have a difference in libido, difference in libido. And one of the first questions that I ask is about desire and how, mm. you know, the, the sexual response cycle starts. And I would say like seven out of 10 times. It's no kidding. This. And it's like a simple, like, Hey, touch her shoulder. <laughs> it changes everything. Whoa, no kidding. I mean, I, I've always thought, and I can't generalize here, although I'm sure people do. I think people do, especially in our culture. I feel like men are touted as sexual beings and they could have sex 24-7 if given the opportunity. And women, especially when you're like a mom and you're busy and maybe even a working mom or a stay-at-home mom, like you're just going, 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 and you don't have much time for it. So you have to make time for it if you want to have that long-term committed, happy relationship. Yeah. And, and you know, for me, this the sex is the most intimate you can be with someone, the most mm-hmm. intimate you can be. And... That is what excites me. And we've had conversations where it's like, but if you don't want it as much as I do, then that means that you're not interested in me. And I'm like, no, no, not true. Yes, not at all. And especially as women, typically we don't, we're not encouraged to explore our bodies. Yeah. We're not encouraged to figure out our desires, our fantasies, God forbid that we use the word kinks. Like, you know, if we were not encouraged, when I tell women that there are 12 different ways that they can orgasm, they like fall off their chair. (laughs) Like, wait, I'm sorry, (laughs) what? I've experienced two or one, you know? Cool, let's make a bucket list. Like, remember (laughs) remember when sex was play? Like, let's bring that play back. And have that intimacy and that like playfulness and that awkwardness and exploring something new and fumbly. And, you know, especially when you've been with someone for a long time, it's hard to get that energy back, you know, that like youthful curiosity mm-hmm. of your partner and learning new things like, wow, there's 10 types of orgasms I haven't had. Like, let's try to accomplish one tonight. <laughs> That's a really fun activity. Totally. Closer together, right? Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be this like scary, daunting, it means something is wrong with our relationship if we're not aligned. Like it, it really is this beautiful, fun thing. 
but we also don't get taught how to communicate. So we're really set up for failure because we're not taught about sex and then we're not taught how to communicate. So then we don't know how to talk about the thing that we don't even know about. So we're like, uh, a bit, uh, and right. Like, right. That's how it's out. Yeah. And we don't know what to do. Yeah. We learn, I, I feel like from like movies or uh, media, you know, actually we were watching Bridgerton. Have you watched Bridgerton? I have. Yes. That show brought up amazing conversation around mm, sex. Yeah. You know, similar to 50 shades of gray. It's like, regardless of how accurate the depiction was, it brought up conversation and it got people talking. And that really, to me is the most important thing that we can do. Yeah. It, I'm a big fan of, you know, we, we talk a lot about consent in terms of sex, mm, Yes, but I'm a big fan of consent for conversation. Mm, yeah. And I think it's a really powerful tool to ask your partner for a container to have a conversation. So asking them instead of just, you know, they're emptying the dishwasher and it's like, Hey, so like the last time we had sex and they're like, Whoa, what? what is that? Like, I was thinking about this. And then like, you get this weird response and then you're off put. And then the whole night. Yes. Is weird. Right. Yes. So instead like, Hey babe, I listened to this podcast yesterday and it got me thinking about our sex life. Mm -hmm. I would love to talk to you about it. Can we find time to do that this week? If anyone and is listening, that is your takeaway from this podcast, right? I mean, yeah. I'm sure there will be more takeaways, but that to me is like, that stands out. It's the simplest things that we can do, yeah. like setting up a container where we know the rules and guidelines. Mm. So how do you do that? So letting them know what you want to talk about and for about how long. So they know what they're consenting to, right? If you, if you want to have a conversation about the 12 types of orgasms, or if you want to have a conversation about the anatomy of a vagina or a vulva, mm -hmm. that's going to be two really different energy wise. That's going to be very different <laughs> conversations, right? Yes. yes. So let the person know ahead of time what you want to talk about. Like we get taught this kind of like vague booking thing is better. Like don't be super specific. N no, it is so much better to just be point blank I would love to talk to you about the 12 types of orgasms that vulva owners can have. Can we talk next Thursday at seven? Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. Let's put it on the calendar. <laughs> right? And it's like, I can't, I cannot think of one partner that would hear that and be like, uh, no, that sounds horrible. Totally. Right? Like, if, if, they, if they feel that sex is important in a relationship, yes. then they would find that conversation to be interesting or important. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And we make time to have conversations about a lot of other stuff, mm -hmm. right? Like we sit down for bills. We sit down to like, look at retirement accounts. We sit down to make sure that, you know, our rent payments coming out, like we do all these things. So when I hear the, like, we don't have time to have the sex conversation, I'm like, mm, it's just not a priority right now. Well, and maybe not, I mean, yes, priority wise for sure. But I think it's also just, it's a scary thing because if you're not aligned then it's like, oh, gosh, you know, what are we going to do from here? So I think it's a scary thing to open up to to share those desires, to share those needs, to share anything revolved around sex. And then for most of us, 
at least in my day and age, talking about it is just not something you did, you know? So I think getting over those barriers of what we've learned or what we've been taught and, and prioritizing that part of your relationship, I think is important. I want to be very, very transparent. And anybody who's come to any of my workshops will know this. My husband and I went nine months without having sex. Wow. Like, and I will talk about this time in our relationship. We've been together for almost 10 years, uh-huh. but there was a nine month period where we did not. And I mean, like any kind of sex. Was like, it because was, you were fighting? Was there something? It was just kind of a shitty hard time. Like I was changing a medication in conjunction with like a move. And then we had the, like one of those things where you feel like life is happening to you instead of you are in life. You're like, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I feel that now for sure. Yeah. It was one of those. You're like, cool. I'm just like at the whim of what's happening every day. Yep. Um, and because I was not in the driver's seat or at least not feeling like I was in the driver's seat, I had no sex drive Mm. and no desire to explore why I didn't. Yeah. Frankly, it was just kind of like, this is not important to me right now. Yeah. And we had a conversation about it and it was not easy. (laughs) It was not a fun conversation, but the reason why we were able to get through those nine months and are still together and happy and have sex now is that we knew that that was temporary and we knew that it was not our priority of focus. We had things for our survival that we needed to focus on. Mm, yeah. And so at that point it wasn't, and it felt so empowering yeah. to say that's not a priority for me right now. Right. Which is so different than I just don't have time for sex. Totally. Well, I would think one of them makes your partner feel like heard, seen, important part of your relationship. And the other makes them feel like they're low man on the totem pole. 100%. Yeah. Because really, at the end of the day, we're sharing our sexuality with our partners. Yeah. I think we forget that so often, especially for those of us who've been married for a long time. It's really easy to be like, it's our sex life. Hmm. And it's, it's not, I mean, yes, there is the sex life that exists between the two of you, just like there's the relationship, but you still have your, your sex life with yourself. Hmm. And so not losing touch with that and like getting back, getting back to that and remembering that that's what you're sharing. Mm -hmm. It's a very different mindset that really allows you to show up in a more empowered way with your partner. So you touched on consent. I know there are, is it called fries? Yes, Mm -hmm. fries. I see the picture Mm -hmm. on your website. Can you go over those parts of consent for anyone out there kind of questioning? Yes. That? So just to uh, define, consent is the agreement to participate in something. So in this case, we're talking about a sexual activity and in sex, it's not just yes or no. We got to talk about STI disclosure, barrier usage, safe words, and likes and dislikes so that we avoid triggering somebody during sex. Mm-hmm. So consent, using the acronym for eyes, which is from Planned Parenthood. Love Planned Parenthood. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's freely given. So there's no coercion or manipulation. 
it's reversible. Mm. Meaning if you say, yeah, it sounds great to be X, Y, and Z by these five people. And then two seconds later, you're like, oh, never mind. That was just a dream. You can take it away. Consent is reversible at any time. Yeah. The I stands for informed, meaning informed consent. Like, you know what you are actually agreeing to. Mm, So you cannot consent to something that you don't know. E is enthusiastic. So it's not just like, yeah, I guess that sounds fine. When it comes to sex, we want enthusiastic consent. Got it. And then finally, the S is specific. So yes, it is okay for you to put your lips on my cheek. No, it is not okay for you to put your lips on my nose. Like it could be that specific for whatever reason. And that if if that is what is agreed upon, then that is what's consented to. Mm-hmm. And that is the container. Those are the agreements for that container. I think that's so important. So important. Yeah. And something and did, I do want my kids to listen to. Did you know that only nine states in our country are required to teach consent in sex ed? What? That makes no sense. I know. So only nine states teach it. Because consent implies that there is a choice besides abstinence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is Colorado one of those states? Yes. Colorado. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Colorado, Go Colorado. New York, all teach consent. But look it up. Like if you're a parent, look it up in your state. And if this is something that you want to teach your child about, this is the stuff that I'm talking about. Like find the resources. DM me on Instagram. I will send you resources. Like, Whatever you need to find this stuff, it's so important because consent is like, can I give you a hug is a consent question, right? Like, that's a really nice thing to teach a young kid to do. I wish I would have done that sooner. My son, his least favorite love language is physical touch. He hates Mm -hmm. being hugged. He hates being like, he'll hold my hand every now and then. But when he gets in for a hug, it's like he backs up into you, you know, like he, he just doesn't, it's not his thing. And I kind of wish that early on I had started saying, is it okay for you to give grandma a hug? Is it okay for grandma to give you a hug? Instead of being like, give grandma a hug. We got to go, go. We got to get, say bye. You know, I feel like I regret that. I regret that mm. I didn't give him the opportunity to say yes or no, this is okay. How old is he now? He's 13, almost 14. Oh, so what a great time to tell him that. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is definitely something that I can share now, but I just wish I would have yeah. done it sooner. Yeah. Well, and I love that for anybody listening who has younger ones. Like I was talking about this with my, with a couple of people yesterday. When parents, when I hear parents say, because I said so, as the reason why a child has to do something, all I am seeing is this child that's going to turn into an adult that is just going to do whatever they're told by other adults. Oh, so true. I actually, in... A previous podcast um, with Kirsten Kobabe, she is has been called the teenage whisperer or teen whisperer. Nice. And we had a conversation about that, about how we we tend to say, and I do, I have said that before because 
because I'm telling you to do it right now. Like, I don't want to have to get into the reasons why I, you have to go pack your bag or you need to go take a shower or whatever. Yep. Like, just just please respect me. Yep. And to me, it's been it's always about the respect. Just please listen to me because we have a certain certain things that we have to do. And I'm asking you to do it. So please go do it. And and when you shape it in that way or when you frame it in that way, saying that what they're going to do as an adult is just wait for someone else to tell them what to do. Oh, my gosh. Now I feel even worse. Not that you're saying it for that reason. <laughs> works. This is not the takeaway from today. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. But now I'm like, oh. What yet one more thing that I need to change? Um, and no, I know I know you're not saying it in a bad way. We're all learning, and please, yes. as I've said over and over again, I am definitely not perfect, and I'm here to learn. And I love that you're teaching me, so it's all good. Thank you. I'm learning too, and you know, it's this is one of those things that, like, I think it's insane that I had to get a master's in clinical psychology and do research in childhood sex education and human development and all of this stuff just to have this conversation. Right. This really needs to be a conversation between any two people. 100%. 100%. There's another podcast I did with uh, Riaz Megji, and we were talking about things that schools should cover. And it was communication, how to be a better listener, those kind of things. And yeah, communication is so important in life. In, in everything, not uh-huh. in just relationships, but in everything. So, oh yeah, I agree. And, and how we talk to each other, I think needs to be of utmost priority. I mean, I get the history, I get the math, I get the science, I get the, all of it, but right. can we and. not do a life skills course people? Yes. 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 I'm always saying it's the, and like all of that is needed and mm-hmm. we need to be able to function like we we're we're not we're not valuing street smarts with academia in the way that our society actually values street smarts over academia. So true. Yes. Right? Oh yeah. No kidding. I mean, <laughs> no, street smart isn't. If you're a street smart kid, then all the adults around you are like, wow, that kid's gonna do well. But yes. you're like, how do I how would I teach my own kid how to be street smart? Exactly. Yeah. And, and we want to protect our kids. And so we don't want to put them in situations where they're uncomfortable. Right. And we don't want to put them in situations where they're struggling or treading water. You know, we want to keep them comfortable. And it's hard to know when that time is to push them and, and to see what they got in there and, and how they can take care of themselves and what they do do when they're left alone in a situation. You know, it's, it's, probably the scariest thing about parenting, I think, is that like, no matter what, you're going to fuck something up. And then you just send them out into the world. And you're like, well, okay, I love you. (laughs) Totally. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No kidding. Let us count the ways of how I screwed you up. Like what I did wrong. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I just I want to validate that that's everybody. Yeah. Like every single parent the most perfect parent in some land where perfect exists will do something at some point that that kid will interpret and talk about in therapy later. Like, right. 
you can do everything by every book, by every research standard. And there's going to be one moment where you turned around with your right foot instead of your left. And your kid is going to be like that day, mom broke my trust. Cause she turned around on the other foot. Like right. I'm telling you, I heard it all. So don't worry about this stuff. Like just show up every day as a human. And yeah. that's the best thing that you can do for your kids. Totally being present, even though I'm mm -hmm. not the greatest at that these days either, just because the rat race is for real. real. Yeah, I'm going around and around on the wheel. That's me. Yep. Okay, every episode, I ask my guest the same question. And this can be personal, it can be professional, whatever you whatever you want to make of it. But uh, Rachel, how do you plan on being better tomorrow? Ooh, I love that question. <laughs> Um, okay. I had two answers come to mind. Is that okay? Yeah, do it. Okay. I had my practical one of, I really need to hydrate more. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> Same. That was the first thing. I was like, I need to drink more water. Yes. As you're so, drinking water during the uh, podcast, yeah. you're being good. Yes. I'm trying. I'm trying. Good job. So logistically and how I'd be better tomorrow. I will do more to not allow tomorrow's worries to get in the way of today. Ugh, I needed to hear that. Yes. So, so, so something I need to take after we leave this conversation. Yeah. I hear well, we you. Can together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> there you go. All for one and one for all. Yeah, no, I have loved this conversation. I wish we could talk for 32 hours more, or 31 hours more. Uh, <laughs> Because I think it is so important. I I am so thankful that you're out there and spreading the word about the basics and about how we can have better relationships, how we can be happier, how we can, you know, live more fulfilling, satisfying, happy lives. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Where can people find you? Uh, Instagram is where I am most of the time because where it's where my people hang out. Yep. Um, so I'm at the right underscore Rachel, T H E W R I G H T underscore R A C H E L. Perfect. And then my website is rachelwrightnyc.com. Awesome. Are people signing up for courses currently or? So I kind of do a hodgepodge of a lot of things. I have my private therapy clients still. Mm -hmm. um, I work with people in a coaching capacity. I also work with schools and organizations and businesses and go in and do like workshops and seminars. Used to be all in person. Now I've been on this type of thing for <laughs> the past year and a half. Yep. Uh, so excited to get back out there. But okay. yeah, there's tons of stuff always going on. Lots of education, lots of mental health content, lots of relationship content, lots of stuff for you. Okay, great. Awesome. So for everybody out there, Rachel's going to give everybody a discount code on her courses online. And all you need to do is go into the show notes and we'll post it there. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Rachel. I really appreciate thank your time, you. your knowledge, your willingness to share and help us all be better. Well, thank you. If you ever need anything, let me know. Thanks so much for listening today. I truly appreciate each and every one of you. And I hope that this episode has allowed you to become a better version of yourself in some small or even a big way. 
please head to wherever you listen to your podcast and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, head on over to the ratings and give us a five-star rating. But also, if you could write a review, that would be amazing on whatever you have enjoyed listening to and what you would like to hear of more. If you enjoy these episodes, or even if you think somebody else might enjoy them, please pass it on to a friend or a family member. To find me, you can go to Instagram at Trista Sutter or Facebook at Trista Sutter Fan Page. Thank you so much again. Have a great day.